are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos only on 101.9 High FM. Point nine, Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of our radio family to our weekly radio show, Soul to Soul. Friday afternoon, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Mehalitzka Tovshin Pei Beis. Wow, it's so great to be back. Yes, it's a little bit cold outside, but if you carry on later on the show, I have some amazing, amazing news for you that will really, really warm your hearts, but you're going to have to stay tuned for a lot longer to find out what that news is. Anyway, it's so great to have all of you with us as we prepare for another Shabbos, another beautiful, beautiful Shabbos. We have a wonderful Pasha this week, the Pasha of Baha'u'llah, talks about so many things, it's such a dramatic uh, 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 portion. One of the things this, the pastor talks about is <clears throat> the first journey of the Jewish nation. We know they spent almost a year at our Sinai, and now it's time for them to go. And it says that the first of the Leviites to travel was the Kohasim, uh, those who were the bearers of the sanctuary. And it's so interesting that the Torah refers to the Levium who descended from Kahas as Kahasim. Those who descended from Gershon and Merari as B'nai Gershon and B'nai Merari. It's a subtle difference, but why the difference? So, in the Sefer Korban Ani, he explains that the sons of Kahas were Zeichet, they merited to carry the Aaron and the other very holy Caleb. This was because they were a very close-knit, unified family. Embracious, Berak uh, uh, Memtes, Yaakovinu gives Yehuda a bracha with, with the words, Veloyikas Amim, and his will will be a, a joining an assemblage of nations. Yikas, kahas, refers to an assemblage, a, a congregation, right? an aggregate, a whole gathering of, of different people working together with a common goal, right? As a result of their achdus, of their unity, of their family, unity, the kahasim, the so-called unified ones, merited to be the ones that would carry the 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 uh, the the uh, Aaron. Which is quite an inspirational explanation. But what about Kairach? Kairach was also from the family of Gus. He was a member of that of that family, and he has gone down in I guess infamy as the symbol of machlekes, of dissent, of, of controversy, of divisiveness. Where does he belong in, in this whole equation? So, Rav Shalom Shadron Zal quotes Rav Leib Chasman, who compares this with 
an unused cannon, which has lain dormant for 50 years near one of the walls of, of Yerushalayim. This cannon had been forgotten after the war and did not bother anyone until one day someone walked by the area and flicked a burning cigarette butt which landed on the cannon which of course was still filled with unused gunpowder, one can only begin to imagine the explosion that erupted as a result of that one burning cigarette. For 50 years, no one had walked there and the cannon lay dormant until one day. Likewise, Kairach carried the Aaron and maintained a harmonious relationship with everyone. Until one not so fine day, something ticked him off. Right? Elitzafan ben Uziel became the Nasi, the prince, and not him. That was the burning cigarette that brought out the real, the real Kairach. We're going to come back in a minute with much, much more. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's much, much more coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Paleschah, Tavshin, Pebez. We are talking <coughs> Menorah. Menorah is the first subject in our Parsha, but we're going to give it a little bit of a twist and relate it to the nearest Shabbos, to the Shabbos candles that we light every single week. They tell a story about a couple in Yerushalayim who were married for almost 18 years and never had children. And nevertheless, there was always simcha on their faces. And they were always welcoming guests into their home. You wouldn't believe they were facing this terrible, terrible tragedy together. <clears throat> when they asked the husband, how could it be that you're so happy in, in, in spite of the situation? And furthermore, your wife to, to, to drag her sort of after you. So the husband asked, answered, look, my husband, as far as I'm, my, my simcha, as far as I'm concerned, you can understand very simply. Because on the contrary, when a person understands and strengthens himself and realizes that whatever is happening is the rotson of our Kodesh Baruch Hu, and that's the way Hashem is acting towards us, we have, I have a full emuna and a complete emuna and trust in our Kodesh Baruch Hu's kindness and goodness. And that's what fills me with, with a simcha every single day and, and, and no matter what the situation might be. You ask me about my, my wife, so I explained to her that the whole purpose of the concept of children is, it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing to have children. It's a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's not an essential part of, of life, that you can't live in this world without it. Because if this was an absolutely essential, necessary thing, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu would give it to everyone. 
In the same way as there's no one in this world who does not Kaddish Baruch Hu, supply him with air so he can breathe, because it's impossible to live in this world without it. Right? But some people don't have money, because you can live without money. Someone else doesn't have a flat, because you can live without a proper accommodation if need be. And for a third person, you're just not getting any, any covet. And for us, unfortunately, Hashem has decided that we don't have, have children. And that's how the husband was able to uh, convince his wife that she doesn't need to be sad all, all day, chas v'shalom. And, and, and to sort of, uh, 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 you know, get to the point of, of despair, etc. Because... Right, because uh, despair is 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 worse than than the tragedy of not having children. But we have to try to find ways how to make a difference in this in this world by giving others goodness, by by giving others bracha. And they began volunteering in all kinds of mitzvahs and all kinds of of chasadim. And, and, and help, helping in various, uh, and, and supporting people who really were downtrodden and, and, and people who, who needed help. And, you know, and, and he and her together were, were full of activity, were busy all the time, and, and their lives radiated the simcha shal mitzvah of what they were doing. And after many years, it's they found out a certain kind of a a schooler that could help them to have children, and that and it was to make a special <coughs> effort in terms of nearest Shabbos of the Shabbos candles, and the wife took on based on what the Gemara says in Shabbos, where Avuna says Harogil Benair, someone is very very used to. Lighting Shabbos candles, they're going to have children who are Tamidah Chacham. And therefore, they took, took upon herself every Friday. She ran across the entire complex of the Hadassah Hospital, and every woman who was there, she would give them. She would give them two candles and some some yummy some treats, so to so to both uh, help their neshama and and their and and their guf. And it didn't take a very long time when they started uh, keeping that skula, and obviously with with together with many many tefillas and 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 much and much uh, uh, their tefillas were accepted, and after eighteen years of marriage, there was zayicha to have a, a healthy twins, Baruch Hashem, with 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 the chesed of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and they they brought them home with the Chesrev HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that brought them so much light and so much nachas and so much simcha for many, many, many years. And we have to understand, what is this secret, I guess you might call it, that in the merits of Shabbos candles, you could be zoyche to children. So the Aushach writes in the beginning of our Pasha regarding the Menorah. He says that in the same way that there's a menorah with seven candles in our Mishkan, so too, in a spiritual way, in the Mishkan, in Shemayim, there's also seven, seven lights. In other words, it comes out that the seven lights that Aaron used to light 
in the base Mikish down here corresponds directly to the Mishkan that is to the Menorah that is in the upper Mishkan in Shemayim. And Rabbi Mechayim also brings it. He says, it says in the in the Holy Svarim that, and, and it says it's absolutely clear in in Pshat also that. The, the, when we talk about the menorah here, we're also talking about the menorah in, in Shemaim. And when he says the words El Mul, it means it's corresponding to the menorah in, in, in Shemaim, which also has the seven, we know that in Shemaim are the seven spheres, the seven different levels of, of Chokmah, and that's the seven lights of, of that, that we light on the, on the, on the menorah. And he says this is a tremendous, tremendous secret, he says, that uh, uh, why does it say why does it express the lighting in the expression of going up or or the candles went up because it's 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 teaching us that in the in the Haftarah we read about the menorah of 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 Zechariah and it has the Shiva Nerasel that had the seven candles on it that the, the, the parish is, as we say over here, that the seven candles that we light down here correspond directly to those seven lights in, in, in Shemaim. In other words, the connection between the Menorah in Shemaim to the Menorah down here, right? The Zechariah saw that, that connection. As it says, by Yomalai, the Mal said to me, Mata, right, what do you see? He says, I see there's a Menorah totally of gold and there's a crown on top and then has the seven candles, right? Uh, 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 connected to it, right? Shiva v'shiva mutsakas. It says the word Shiva twice to tell us that what we do down here, our lighting down here, has a direct, direct, direct reflection on what happens in, in Shemaim. And uh, uh, Rav Avram Pelagi writes in, in his Sefer Vayashkem Avram, he says, on the Pasuk, says, Ki You will light up my candle, Hashem You will take away my darkness. Says when a child was born in the Jewish nation, so they they uh, they obviously they sent from Shemayim a a neshama from some rokniyistika ner which which is connected to that menorah in Shemayim, and the neshama comes down here, but yet it gets light, it gets warmth, it gets life from that ner that it's connected to in Shemayim. All the days of its life on the, on this on this earth, and when it comes when it comes time to extinguish the candle of that neshama in Shemayim, then unfortunately the, the neshama will will uh, 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 be nifter over here also, and that's why it says ner Hashem nishmas adam. The neshama of a person is 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 directly connected to this to this uh, uh, candle, right? That candle that. Is light is lit for him in in Shemayim. That is what connects to his neshama down down here, and that's what David says. You light my candle. He says, in other words, you are the one that light up my neshama, which is so on fire.
fire and just wants to draw life from from my candle in in Shemayim. And because I'm 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 constantly involved in Torah and mitzvahs, which are also called Ner and Or, as we say, Ner Mitzvah and Torah Or, so I'm guaranteed that Hakadosh Baruch is going to take away all my darkness. In other words, my neshama is going to be pure and clear and it's going to draw life from my candle in Inshamayim. And therefore, when Moshe Rabbeinu was born, the whole house got full of light because Moshe was, uh, we know, uh, equal to all the Jewish nation put put together and he had the light, the nearest that corresponded to to everybody, and because of all that light, the whole house was filled was filled with light. Therefore, nowadays we don't have a menorah the base of Mikdash, but our nearest Shabbos take the place of the menorah base of Mikdash. In other words, by the fact that a woman. Is, is very, very careful in the midst of lighting Nehra Shabbos in this world. So that connects to the Menorah in, in Shemayim and Be'ez Hashem. That spirituality brings down to us all kinds of, of bracha, all kinds of happiness, all kinds of success. Sometimes it brings children, but it definitely brings us to a connection and a close connection to the Rabbani Shalom. This is one Panah Chayafem, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Peha, Aleska, Tavshin, Peibes, as we prepare for another beautiful Shabbos, if not a little bit cold of a Shabbos, but that's fine. We have so much warmth in our houses, we have so much warmth in our hearts, in our in our neshamas, in our beautiful families, that we're going to more than make up with a little bit of cold that exists out outside, and we're going to make this Shabbos a monumental one in our lives. I have an admission to make on the radio publicly. You know, rabbis have yetzaharas also, and sometimes we need to say something simply because it's just a burning inside of us. And if we don't get it out, you know, you can end up with a, with a terrible, terrible stomachache. So I want to share with you something that may not be directly related, but it's something that was related to the recent Chag HaShavuos. It, it does have some relevance to Six Pasha, and, and, I, and I want to share it with you. But I want to make a drastic statement before that. And my statement is I'm, I'm considering... Uh, taking out a class action lawsuit against all the nursery school teachers in the world. Because wherever you went to nursery school, you were told by whatever your, your, uh, your Mora's name was, that where was the Torah given? The Torah was given on Hasinai. We know that. Right? Only the great Asinai did not make any claim. Whatever the song that you learned in your school was, there was Big Har Tavor, there was Big Har Carmel who said, the Torah should be given on me. And Hashem said, no, I'm going to pick little Hasinai and give the Torah on you. That's what we always learned, and that's what we believe to be true. But there's a Yalkut Ruveni in Pasha's Yisrael, Ois Nun if you want to see it, who brings in the name of the Medrash that at the time of Matan Torah, Har Hamayriya, which was 
We know Har Maria. That's the place where Avram Avinu went for Akedas Yitzchak. In fact, before that, Adam Arishan had brought Karbonus there. Nayak had brought Karbonus there. This was Yaakov Avinu had his prophetic vision of the ladder there. Har Maria is, of course, the place of the Beis Hamikdash. And the major says that Atam Matantara, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ripped Har Maria out of its place and brought it to Midbar Sinai in order that the Torah should be given on this most exalted place. Now, not only do we have to fire all the Myrus, we have to, uh, 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 this, 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 is, this is interesting because in our Zemiris, if on Shabbos morning you sing Zemiris, we have, we have a, a, a Zemira called Yoyna Matzah, and the third paragraph starts, Dibir B'Kotshay, Hashem spoke in His Great Holiness, Bahar Hamor. Har Hamor, Mor is short for Har Maria. That's a proof that the Torah, in fact, was given to on, on, on uh, Har Maria. And they explain that Har Maria came on top of Har Sinai, and on both of them, the Torah was, was given. In fact, the, the Yismach Moshe in Pasha's Vayera, on the Pasuk, Yitzchak says to Avram, he brings this, this, uh, this, this concept also. And, and we need to try to give some explanation for this, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't, just, doesn't just do miracles for nothing. There's got to be a very, very good reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose to do this. So perhaps we can explain it based on what on a very important concept that's brought by Reb Tzibel Melech from, from Dinov in his Sefer Magid Taluma to explain why was it that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he wrote, when he decided that it was necessary to take the Mishnayis and put it in a written form. Why did he begin with the Mishnah? We know what the first Mishnah of Brachas is. From when can we read the Krishna in, in the evening? And the answer that the Mishnah gives, from the time from the time that the Kainim are able to come back in and if they were telling me before, and eat and eat the 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 tomb again, and Rashi says we're talking about Kainim who became tummy, and they went to the mikvah, and now they waited until after sunset, and now it's their time where they can once again once again eat the special food that Kainim are allowed to eat, which is which is tuma. And the Gemara asks on this one second. Uh, when do Kainim, in fact, eat Truma? They only eat Truma when it's actually night from Tzis HaKachavim. So why doesn't the Mishnah just say, when are you allowed to read Krishna? From the time of Tzis HaKachavim. Why do you have to give a background answer? It's the time when the Kainim come in to eat Truma. If that is the time of Tzis HaKachavim, then just say it direct. And the, the Gemara answers, no. The 
the mission is trying to tell us another piece of important side information that when do the Kainim eat, are, are, when are they allowed to eat Truma again? From the time when it's, when it's night. Right? To teach us that in that situation, once it becomes night, they need no further atonement and they can eat, they can eat a Truma right, right then. Now, the, the, uh, the Arizal brings down, and other, other Svarim, other Svarim uh, uh, also bring it down, that the whole Torah, and the mitzvahs that, that a person gets himself involved in when he's still chas v'shalom. If a person is, is, is not a good person, a person is, is a Russia. But yet, even though he has that status of a Russia, he still, for some reason, involves himself in learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. So God forbid, he, he adds extra power to the other team. To the team of, of 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 evil, and in fact, the Navi warns us, right? Uh, uh, be, be very very careful. Don't plant things. Don't add strength to to the to the opposition side. Don't go scoring. Uh, well, they say own own goals by 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 uh, by do, doing averus and 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 fortifying and and strengthening the sides the side of of uh, of, of evil. Now, obviously, there are no perfect people in, in, in this world. As we say by Leviah, there's no one perfect uh, uh, who, who doeth only good and sinneth uh, and not. So you might think that, I, since I'm not perfect, I am doing our various, maybe I should completely stop doing Torah mitzvahs until I completely do tshuva, I'm completely able to eradicate any traces of the Avera that I may have done. Maybe I have to fast. Maybe I have to roll in the snow. I don't know. I got to do stuff to completely, completely purge myself of any connection to anything evil. And only then I'll begin to do to do Torah mitzvahs. And of course you can't say that. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch in His great, great mercy, in His great compassion, helps us. That even if we have thoughts, even if you have desires to do, to do tshuva, that tshuva is really accepted uh, in, in abeyance for, for, what, for what we're going to do. Right? There are, however, unfortunately, certain sins that uh, cannot be atoned for simply by doing tshuva, but you need to, to, to do tshuva, and you need to go through Yom Kippur, and unfortunately one also has to have some kind of personal suffering. As we know that there are four different stages of, of, uh, of Kapara that uh, Rabbi Shmuel explained in the Gemara in, in, uh, in Yuma, and certainly if we're talking about the very, very, very serious sin of Chil Hashem, of desecration of, of Hashem's, of, of Hashem's uh, name. So there's, there's a certain way we have to get uh, atonement for that. So, so all that time, while we're doing Shuba, while we're waiting for Yom Kippur, while we're waiting for Yisrael, while we're waiting for the punishment of of Hashem, of having caused a Echil Hashem. Are we not going to do mitzvahs? Are we not going to learn that whole time? And therefore, when Abihud Nasi began the Mishnais, he said, no, 
What is the time for reading Krishna? The time when the Kainim are able to come eat their Tzuma. Because Kainim are allowed to eat the Tzuma, even though they haven't yet maybe even uh, 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 completely fulfilled their, their, their uh, atonement. In other words, even though that eating truma is, is a mitzvah, as the Gemara says in, in, in Psachim, right? Uh, and, and someone who, it's, it's considered almost a, a service, a avoida in the base of Mikdash is truma. And someone who does avoida in a state of, of, of truma is, is, is liable to death in, in, in Shemayim says, says the Rambam. So in the same way as the Kayan, who, he doesn't wait for the next day. It's still night. It's the, it's the eighth night. It's not yet next day. And therefore, nevertheless, that doesn't stop him from being able to eat Tumor. It's sufficient that once he has accepted upon himself to purify himself, that is already considered sufficient. So too, when it comes to the study of Torah, it's sufficient. When a person accepts upon himself, I want to improve myself. I want to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I want to do the right thing. I want to do tshuva. Even though he hasn't yet merited a full, a full atonement, a clean slate, you can already begin to get involved in studying Torah. The Bnei Sachar brings down, based on what the, the, the Tzvarim writes, that all the Torah and mitzvahs that a person does, we said, while he's still not on a very, very high level, so they're not considered so desirable before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And on the contrary, we said they could have a, a negative ram ramification. Right, as 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 he brought a a a, a apostle. So therefore, what should a person does before he manages to do to do tshuva, and before he he goes through the four stages of 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 atonement? Would you think that maybe he should just sit idle and not study Torah and not do mitzvahs? Right, but the the school is, he says, that at any time. Even before a person gets involved in mitzvahs or, or Torah, if he says, I'm doing this because I want to make a small step. I want to try. I'm doing this mitzvah as my first overture, as my first gesture of, of, uh, of, of tshuva. Right? So that skula of Kriyashma. Even in the state where one's not yet pure, doing it by mysterious nefesh, with a desire to do tshuva, that's already enough. That's the first lesson that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wants to teach us. Don't wait till you have it all sorted out before you start. No. person has to have a desire. I want to grow. I want to change. I want to come close to Hashem. I'm doing this mitzvah as my first baby step. And Hashem says, wow, that's already amazing. We consider it as if you're already on your way to the Kapara. And therefore, that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu uprooted Hara Maria and placed it on top of Arsina at the time of Matan Because if a person will think that 
I'm not worthy of learning the Torah. I've done so many Averis. Let, let, let him learn from Haramaria, which was the mountain on which Yitzchak Avinu was bound up and was prepared with the greatest mysterious nefesh to give his life for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That it's sufficient that if a person is moist, if a person decides that I really want to try to change myself, and he already is then fitting and, and, and totally, totally appropriate that he should be able to accept the Holy, the holy Torah. And, and for the same reason, the Svarim speak a lot about the concept of tshuva, doing tshuva before we learn, we learn, uh, we learn Torah. And let, let's just bring a couple of, of, of sources. The, the Moorah Shemesh brings, brings down that a person should uh, have a good look internally, have a good look at his actions, right? To, to, to think about and, and think about doing tshuva before he sits down to learn Torah. And not just sit down without any forethought, without any focus, without any concentration, right? He has to be, be upset. He has to realize, yes, I've done bad. My heart is broken because of all the bad things I do. And now I want to get up and daven or I want to learn Torah and I want to accept upon myself that I'm going to do what I can not to return to those Averis again. In fact, we know there was a, a, a famous statement that was said quite often by, uh, uh, by, uh, by Yaakov Yitzhak Halevi from Lublin. On the Pasuk it says, Taylor says, Ulu Rasha, to the Rasha, Omar Kim Hashem says, well, who are you to speak about my, my mitzvahs? And he said, this is referring to, to someone who learns Torah and, and, and does it with impunity, without any desire, without any even effort to change his ways and, and, uh, and come close to HaKadosh Baruch and doesn't even think about the possibility of doing tshuva before he learns. Right? By, by the fact that a person even has a thought of tshuva before he sits to learn Torah, and he sits and learns with with reverence before Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that is accepted by Hakadosh Baruch Hu as virtually having having gone almost the whole the whole way. In the Bermachayim bring in in Bermachayim in, in Sefer Bracious, he he brings uh, that th this is the reason why it's written that a person should say vidui, a person should confess his sins. And do tshuva before Hakadosh Baruch Hu, before he learns before he learns uh, Taira. because if a person even thinks that he wants to do tshuva and, and and he's and he's and he's sincere about it and he really really means it, his entire body and his neshama will become purified. That he is now uh, 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 fitting and and it's appropriate. He's on a level where he can now approach Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And and, uh, and 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 learn and learn his 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 Torah, and and that in fact was the the habit of all of our great tzaddikim, that because they knew how far the kedusha of Torah goes, they they made themselves like a seder of 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 doing tshuva before they went to sit down and learn, and certainly 
before they went to teach Torah to others. And through that, they were zoyacha. They merited that their Torah was was uh, was a, a light, enlightened them, and enlightened all the Talmudim that they taught, and it lit up the entire world, not only at the time they taught it, but for all future de- generations. Because we said that through their purity and through their desire to cleanse themselves and purge themselves from the Averis they, they, they did, and, and because of what they were able to achieve through that, they prepared themselves and sanctified themselves. It made this huge, huge impression. And in fact, they, they tell about the, the great whose whose Torah lights up our generation, lights up the whole world until, until today. That the reason that he merited to his greatness was because of his tremendous sense of Kedusha and because of the tshuva that he used to do before he went to, to teach his, his Torah to his, to his Talmudim. And it's brought there in, in, the, uh, in the Sefer of, uh, it's called Sar, Sar HaTayra, right, about the, the, uh, 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 the, the Chibina, the Chibina Rebbe, that when he, when he would speak, right, about the, the, the great Ketzai Sacheshen, he, he would speak in a trembling voice on this great, great uh, going and, and the Kedusha that he had. And he would often say, over in the name of the, the Divrei Chaim of, of Sans, that who used to say, how was it that the Ketzai Sacheshen was, was merited that his Sefer, should become so well known, so so famous, and 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 has really become the, the bread and butter of all those who sit and and toil in Tyra. So the Divrei Chaim says, because he heard from the Talmidim of the Ketzai Sakhoshin, that at the time when this Talmud learnt by the Ketzai Sakhoshin, he he became aware of the fact that every single day before the Shear. He would go down to a secluded room in the bottom of the of the yeshiva, and he'd be there for a few time, for a short time, and afterwards he'd come out and say and say the shir. Of course, everyone wanted to know what did the Rebbe do in that in that cellar. So of course they decided to hide them, hide there. And when the ketzei came to that cellar, he closed the door and he began to say. The Pasuk in Tehillim, Who are you to teach my time? He went over and over and over on this Pasuk for half an hour. And, and he, was, he, was, he was lying on the phone, he was, he was crying. And then he was to say the, the, the shir out of, out of great purity and great, and, great, and great holiness. And that's what you have to understand. We have to understand our need is Get stuck in. Do something. Open a safer. Learn. Hear a shear. It doesn't make a difference where you're holding. But that desire to get involved in Torah together with, I really do want to change. I'm doing this mitzvah. I'm learning this Torah because, yes, I want to be a different person. That has tremendous, tremendous power. That's the union of our Sinai and Hara Maria together. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. We'll be back in a moment with our Hilchas Shabbos segment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM.
101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Back on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Ba'aleischa. Tov Shin Pei Beis. As we get ready for another amazing Shabbos Kodesh Baruch Hashem. Might be a little bit cool, but the warmth in our homes, the warmth in our hearts, the warmth in our food, the warmth in our company, the warmth in our our, our desire and our and our spirits to make Shabbos something special will more than overcome the heat, as we always do. As at this point on the show, to give you the important details that you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So the earliest start. So the good news is, first of all, that summer is coming. Yes, I have real evidence of it. Shabbos is starting one minute later than it did last week, which means we're on the way. It may be freezing cold outside, but that's just because uh, the weather hasn't yet gotten the message that summer is coming, but it really, really is. The earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles this afternoon is 18 minutes past 4, 4.18, that's Plaga Mincha. That's when you can get your Shabbos started, get that nice fire blowing sort of, Glowing in the in the fireplace, get all the food on the stove, and let's start our Shabbos bench our Shabbos lift, and really get into it. Four eighteen is pretty soon. We can we can do it. The latest time for benching lift today is at six minutes past five. Five oh six is the latest latest time. Make sure everything is organized and ready, and we're good to go by that that, that time. Which means that Shkia. 18 minutes later is at 5.24. That's the absolute latest time. If you're really, really stuck, you can use that as your injury time. But please, please don't rely on that on a regular basis. Let's go for the earlier time of the 5 or 6. So we said Shkia is at 5.24. If you want to be able to daven Mayrev at night and not after a peak Krishma, all you have to do is wait till 5.42. 5.42 is ready night. And it's then you can say Krishna and you can settle down to an amazing, amazing Shabbos evening. Really, really. Let's get into it. Let's learn some Torah. Let's spend some time with family. Sing some goods and mirrors. Have some wonderful warm food and, and really make it a beautiful, beautiful Lel, Lel Shabbos. Tomorrow morning here in Chutzlaritz, we're laning Pashas Baalaischa. And it's a show they're laning already Pashas Shalach this week. But we are laning Baalaischa. Very, very interesting, fascinating, dramatic. Pasha, Pasha Baalaischa is. And of course, the Haftarah is the normal Haftarah for Baalaischa <coughs> with the Nevuah of Zachariah Hanavi. Uh, this afternoon being the second Shabbos already after, sorry, did I say this afternoon? I meant tomorrow afternoon. Tomorrow afternoon being the second Shabbos after Shavuos. We're going to lay, we're going to read the second Perik of Pirkei, Pirkei Avos. And uh, Shabbos is also getting longer. It ends tomorrow night at 5.58. Two minutes to six instead of three minutes to six. Yes, it really is changing. The seasons are evolving and revolving, and we are getting close. Someone said this week that it's the next Yontif is Rosh Hashanah. I'm sure none of us want to think about it, but yeah, it isn't actually all that far all that far uh, 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 away. Okay, we are up to the last stage of our discussion of the processes of of Shabbos. Last week we spoke about the concept of Malava Malka. So we're going to talk today, start talking about Havdalah and, and Maitzah Shabbos. Now we know that there's a mitzvah 
to take leave and, and kind of separate ourselves from Shabbos by saying Havdalah, where we, again, we express verbally the distinction and, and difference that exists between the Kedusha of Shabbos, the holiness of Shabbos, and the status of the days of, of the week. And we know in many, many aspects, the laws of Havdalah are very similar, same in many aspects, to the laws of the Kiddush that we make on Friday night that we discussed previously. In the same way as we have to mention and announce, herald, the, the, the Kiddush of Shabbos at its inception on Friday night, both in our davening and then when we come home over a, a cup of wine, so too at the, at the termination, at the exit of Shabbos, so, so too we say a, a, a certain text of Havdalah in the, in the Shwan Esrei, in the fourth bracha of Atoch and Antonu, and then when we come home, we repeat Havdalah, bracha of Havdalah, over a cup, a cup of wine. And it's true that originally, when the men of the great assembly, the Anshek Nesach fixed the, the, uh, the mitzvah and the text of Havdalah, so they actually originally uh, instituted only that it should be said in, in the davening. Because at, at that time, when, when the Anshek Nesach were, were were functioning, which was in the time of the beginning of the second commonwealth, the, the construction of the second uh, Beis HaMikdash. So the Jewish nation was in a terrible, terrible depressed state and a state of absolute abject poverty. And and the, the Chachamim did not want to impose upon the Jewish nation the additional expense of having to get, procure wine for, for Havdalah. But afterwards, where, thank God, the financial situation uh, improved and, and the Jews became a little bit more able to cope with their, with their needs and, and beyond. So then Chazal instituted to say the Havdalah also over a cup, a cup of, uh, of, of wine. Now, in fact, uh, we kind of then went full circle. There was a period of time where we didn't even say the Havdalah in, in the davening. We only said it over, over a cup, over a cup of, uh, of, of wine. And at the end, being good Jews that we are, it was, it was fixed that they should, we should do both. That we'll make Havdalah both in the davening and then when we come home over, over a cup of, uh, of, of wine. In the situation of women who usually don't have the custom to daven myriv, so they fulfill the mitzvah in its entirety by making havdalah over a cup of wine. And I'll, I'll probably mention it again, but <laughs> let me add it here, that uh, unequivocally, it is absolutely obligatory for women to make havdalah on Maitre Shabbos in the same way as, as men, as men do it. If they can hear it from someone else, great. Otherwise, they must make it by, 
by them by themselves, right? Um, similarly, if someone may have uh, forgotten to to say the the nusuch uh, of of Abdullah in the Shmon Esrei, he forgot to say Atachon Antonu in the fourth brach of Shmon Esrei, and he's already finished the Amidah, so he does not have to go and repeat the Shmon Esrei a second time. Again, he too can fulfill his obligation by making Havdol at home over a, over a cup of of, uh, of of wine, and that's that's fine, right? Now we say the the text of Atokan Antonu the Havdol in the davening in in the fourth bracha of the of the of the Amidah. Why? Because that is first of all the first bracha of all the brachas that deals with issues of, of weekday, because the first three brachas of the Shmon Esra, we know, are absolutely constant. We say those in every Shmon Esra, we say the entire year, right? On, 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 uh, on a weekday, on Shabbos, on Rosh Chodesh, on Yom Tov, on Yom Kippur, the first three brachas are always the same. So the fourth bracha is the first one that's distinct, and it's, it's the first of our weekday, weekday brachas. And also, the second reason is that the first bracha talks about uh, God gives out knowledge and intelligence and the ability to make distinctions and, and comparisons. And if a person does not have uh, a das, so he doesn't have the ability to make distinctions between that which is holy and that which is uh, mundane. And, and therefore, it makes so much sense that when we're talking about the Havdalah, the concept of separation between holy and, and mundane, Shabbos and, and weekday, that is the most sensible place to, to place the, the, the bracha of Havdalah, because there we ask Hashem for Chochmah and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and Das. We're going to come back in a moment with our last segment. This is going on 1.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Arab Shabbos, Kurdish, Pashas, Kurdish, Pashas, Baleska, Tavshin, Pebez, our last few minutes together. We are starting to talk about the mitzvah of Havdalah. Now, according to many, many of our Paiskim, the concept of the mitzvah of Havdalah is a Torah obligation. It's part of the mitzvah of Zohar Es Yom HaShabbos Lakatshay. Remember the day of Shabbos to make it holy. You know, it's to say Kiddush at the beginning of Shabbos and Havdalah at the end to mention and announce the Kedusha of Shabbos when it, came, when it comes in, and to make a distinction between the Kedusha of Shabbos and the step down to weekday when it's, when it's over. And it's our Chachamim who fixed to say Kiddush and Havdalah over, over a cup of, of wine. Now, some say that the, uh, as far as the Torah, the mitzvah is only to mention Shabbos on Friday night when it comes in, and as a kind of a, a, an addendum to that, 
Chazal instituted to also say Avdallah when, when Shabbos comes out. As we said, women are obligated in the midst of Avdallah just like men is. And even though it is a mitzvah that's dependent on time, and generally women are exempt from positive mitzvahs that are dependent on time, but since the mitzvah of Avdallah is connected inexorably to the mitzvah of Kiddush, and we know in the same way as women are obligated in Kiddush, as we spoke before, so too they are obligated in, in saying Avdallah. Now, there are those who say that since the mitzvah of Avdallah is dependent on time, women are exempt, and therefore, certainly, in order to take account of that opinion, women have the minig not to say Avdallah themselves, but rather to hear the Avdallah from men. However, where there's no man around, it is an obligation for a woman to make Avdallah for herself, and she can make all four brachas of of the of the Hadala, and even if there's a, a man present who already fulfilled his obligation, it would be better for a woman to make Havdalah by herself. So says the Mishnah Bran. Only if she doesn't really know how to, let's say, to read, she doesn't know how to do the mitzvahs, how to, how to make the brachas properly, then a man who already fulfilled the mitzvah could make Havdalah for her. There's lots more to discuss. Please, God, we'll get into it next next week, but this is about the end of my tether, as they say. We need to go run off and get the last finishing touches done on, on Shabbos. But as always, it is such a privilege spending time with you, such a time entering into your heads, into your minds, into your homes, and hopefully spreading some Torah, speaking some Torah, giving us all something to inspire us and make us grow. And I really, really Hope that if there's anything you want to tell me, any feedback, please do so either via the station or you know where to find me. Uh, and and, and uh, we can do whatever we, we can to try to improve it, to try to make the show even more riveting, more exciting, and more informative. In the meantime, I just want to take the opportunity to first of all thank every member of our radio family for, for being with us, for taking the time to turn on your radios, turn on your devices, turn on your computers, whatever it might be, to listen to Chai FM. This afternoon, and of course, every afternoon, all you, you know that from every Monday to, thir- Monday to Friday, one to three, we have soul to soul. There's always great Torah coming down other times of the day also. But now, to just wish each one of you a very warm, a very inspired, a very motivating, and a very great good Shabbos to one and to all.